Hello and welcome to Victory Briefings, where we use the Word of God for a victorious life. I'm Dwight Hammond and I'm glad you're listening today. Be blessed by the Holy Spirit as He gives you new revelation knowledge through the Word of God. We're digging into Ephesians chapter 1 today, and I highly recommend you get your Bible and something to take some notes with. You're going to be blessed with the Word of God today in the name of Jesus. Let's take a look at Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 1. What we have in Christ. All knowledge can be divided into two categories, pure or theoretical knowledge and applied or practical knowledge. And in chapter 1, 2, and 3, Paul deals with the doctrine or the calling of the church, and he deals with the application or the conduct of the church in the last three chapters of the book of Ephesians or the letter to the Ephesians. I like to think of it as who we are or what we have in Christ in the first three chapters and how we act or how we walk in Christ in the last chapters. So you can divide it in half, three chapters each. Before we can effectually walk in Christ, we must first have an understanding of what we have in Christ. The first half of Paul's letter is doctrine. last part of the letter shows us how to walk in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1. The key thought in chapter 1 is the wealth of blessings we have as Christians. Spiritual blessings that are ours because we are in Christ. Paul tells us that each person of the Godhead has blessed us, verses 3 through 14. And then he prays for us to have an understanding of these blessings and exceeding greatness of God's power that can be in our lives, verses 15 and 23, 15 through 23. The letter is commonly called the epistle to the Ephesians, but as the footnote in most translations point out, This is not found in many ancient manuscripts. Most have just a blank for the address of these saints. Many scholars, therefore, feel that this is a circular letter which is written to many churches, probably those in the region of Ephesus. It is really a letter addressed to all Christians everywhere. You could read it, therefore, as the letter of Paul, the apostle, to the church at your hometown. Fill in the blank and to them faithful in Christ Jesus. Paul's opening greeting in verses 1 and 2 says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus, and faithful in Christ Jesus. Verse 2, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 1, Paul says he's an apostle, apostolos, a sent messenger with a message given of Jesus Christ for the equipping of the saints. It's not man's choosing or plan. Therefore, he had God's authority backing him. He was on a mission sent by God, commissioned by God, not by men. Galatians 1 verse 1 tells us, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, Ministry offices are not appointed by individuals or committees. They are given to the church only by God the Father and Jesus Christ. 
And this seems to always beg the question of Judas being replaced by Matthias in Acts chapter 1, verses 15 through 26. The Bible has many examples of people doing dumb stuff so that we can benefit and learn from their mistakes. I believe Peter got in a hurry here to do something. Uh, I think this is a classic example of preaching before being filled or empowered by the Holy Spirit for ministry. He begins to preach based on circumstances. Then he takes a phrase from a popular psalm, verses, uh, Psalm sixty-nine twenty-five, and uses half of a psalm, uh, the last half of Psalm one hundred nine eight, to finish his proof text, and then he states his application. Acts chapter 1, verses 21 and 22, which leads to the attempt of replacing Judas by using Old Testament methods, not realizing that Jesus is the one who calls people into ministry. This is a new thing that hasn't happened yet, and so I'm not blaming Peter for instigating such a deal, but he did it. He's Peter. He does things like that, and it's an example for us. Need to take note on Matthias's name here in Acts chapter one verse twenty six. Circle his name because it never it's never used again in the Bible. Reason being, he was not chosen by God or given to the body of Christ by Jesus. He was picked by men and nominated by casting lots. So you say then, who replaced Judas? Well, I believe it was Paul. First Corinthians fifteen. Verse 7 through 10. He saw Jesus in resurrection on the road to Damascus. Jesus is the one who calls people into ministry. This letter is addressed to the saints, the holy ones at Ephesus. God has made them holy, different through his salvation. To the saints who are in Ephesus. I remember Frank Summerall saying there are two kinds of people. The saints and the ain'ts. Oh, all saved people are saints. The church does not make dead men saints. Saints are alive. Saints is not a religious title, but a declared state of being. And there's a lot of scriptures in my notes that you can download. Verse 1 continues. It says, To the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. The phrase in Christ Jesus is used 27 times in this letter. Keep in mind that Christ is the title, Messiah, the Anointed One, and His Anointing. That's what that word means, Christ. It's not last name of Jesus. If you are not in Christ, then you are not anointed and not a saint. Who is in Christ? A member of the body of Christ, vitally united with Him in baptism by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. Everything God has for the believer is in Christ. If you are born again, God calls you a saint. Please stop calling yourself an old sinner saved by grace. That confession comes right from hell. You are either an old sinner or you are saved by grace. Your position is either in Adam or in Jesus. This phrase, in Christ Jesus, implies a vital union with the Son of God, just as life of a root is found in the soil just as a branch in the vine or fish in the sea. So the believer's true life is found to be in Christ. Verse 2. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Charis is grace, the Greek word charis. It's the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in life. And peace, that Greek word means one, quietness, rest, set at one again. Grace always comes before peace. They are gifts that are received by faith. They can be multiplied through the knowledge of God, 2 Peter 1, 2. Understanding more of God's word always increases our capacity to handle more of his blessings. When we understand his grace and realize God has already done all the work, all we need to do is receive his gift of grace. All the pressure is off, and peace is the result. Two great heritages of the Christian are grace and peace. These two things you can always have, no matter what your circumstances. Grace is all God's power, all his love, all his beauty available to you. It is a marvelous term that wraps up all that God is and offers to us. It comes from the same Greek word from which we get our English word charm. Grace is charming, lovely, and pleasant. It is something which pleases, which imparts charm, loveliness to a life. Peace is freedom from anxiety, fear, and worry. These are two characteristics which ought to mark Christians all the time. Grace, God at work in their life, and peace, a sense of security and trust. Trust is not knowing, and yet still being at peace and rest. You see, if you know something, you don't have to trust. But trust is not knowing, and still being at peace. From here, Paul's letter follows his usual structure. First comes the doctrine the teaching, the great revolutionary radical facts that God is setting before us, and then comes the practice, the application, the working out of these in our everyday life. Now, don't read the first three chapters of this letter as though they were mere theological gas. They are not. They are facts. They are what God says is real. They are what is actually happening in the world and what is available to you. And if you once read them that way, you won't treat them as merely academic. You'll begin to be grounded upon these facts and act upon them as part of your life. That's why Paul always begins his letter by setting forth the radical facts of life as God teaches them. In the Greek, verses 3 through 14, believe it or not, is one long sentence. Even though some translations have a period after verse 12, There is no pause in the original Greek. So I'm going to attempt to rightly divide this long sentence for study purposes. Let's look at how the Godhead has blessed us. We have been blessed by God the Father, verses 3 through 6. We are blessed in God the Son, verse 7 through 12, and blessed with God the Holy Spirit in verses 13 and 14. We have the whole trinity the Godhead blessing us. That's awesome. They're in it together. All right, let's see verse 3 through 6. Ephesians 1, 3 through 6. We have been blessed by God the Father. Okay. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. 
having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Verse 3 says, Blessed be. That's the word eulogy in the Greek, and it means to be thanked or praised, to say something good to someone, to be thankful and acknowledge them. We bless God when we praise him for and acknowledge him in his excellent gifts or benefits. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Awesome. Has blessed. is past tense. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That's awesome. With all spiritual blessings. Spiritual is pneumaticos. Pneumaticos. That which is motivated, controlled through the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12.1 uses this same word for spiritual, referring to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which indicates that they too are among Paul's list of blessings. Blessings, eulogio, literally to speak well of someone. These blessings are pure doctrines of the gospel and the full graces and gifts of the Holy Spirit which are necessary in the work of God among men. Uh, places is um, uh, italicized, so it's not a part of the original Greek. But heavenly here means above the sky. It's translated heaven, Philippians 2.10, and heavenly, John, 1 Corinthians, and Ephesians, 2 Timothy, Hebrews, and, and so forth. High places. Verse 4. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 tells us, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we, being holy and without blame, before him in love. The doctrine of election is talked about here. He has chosen us. We need to realize that God did not choose us in ourselves. He chose us in Christ by grace. I want you to notice that all these verses in this long Greek sentence, our past tense, all these things were done for us before the foundation of the world. I have to ask, how could God do all these things for me when I wasn't even here? The answer is because we had a representative, Jesus Christ. God bestowed all these blessings on the Son, and they were held and are still being held in Him for those not yet even born, in him until our redemption day. Verse 5 goes on to tell us, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. The word election, or chosen in verse 4, refers to a person. All people are offered salvation. Some elect not to be saved, Predestination refers to the plan for those who are saved. Election is God's choice in Christ of a people, the true church for himself. Predestination applies to what will happen to God's people, all the genuine believers in Christ. The Bible doesn't say anything about people being predestined to hell. Predestination is always for the corporate church. The word adoption in the New Testament refers to 
the official act of the father who bestows the status of full adulthood on a son of minor status. It is not taking in an outsider. It is the placing of a family member into the privileges and blessings of adulthood. So even the youngest Christian has everything that Christ has and is rich in grace. Verse 6 tells us, To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the Beloved. In ourselves, we are not acceptable to God, but in Christ, we are made accepted. Notice that each one of these verses is qualified. In verse 3, it says, has blessed us in Christ. In verse 4, it says, he chose us in him. Verse 5 tells us, having predestined us by Christ Jesus to himself. In verse 6, he made us accepted in the beloved. In the beloved is in Christ, okay? Every blessing we have in time or eternity is made possible because of the Lord Jesus Christ. All blessings from God come through Jesus, and all of our blessings back to the Father go through Jesus. He is our mediator, the God-man. Righteous God and fallen man can become one in Jesus. We can trace this wonderful phrase, in Christ, throughout Paul's letters for a deeper understanding of what we have in Christ. Praise God. I have a feeling there's going to be much more to um, go over with this chapter of Ephesians, so hopefully you'll join me next time. Lord bless you. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to support organizations that fight for First Amendment, religious freedom, and freedom of speech, Second Amendment, right to bear arms, and sanctity of life. Patriot Mobile is a U.S.-based company. Tell them I referred you, and they will waive your setup fee for each of your phone lines. Just let them know that Dwight Hammond referred you and save money right away. The Victory Briefings podcast is brought to you in part by Patriot Mobile. PatriotMobile.com, 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT, patriotmobile.com. I hope you are subscribed and will make it a part of your ministry to share this message with others. God bless you, my friend. This program and other materials are available at victorybriefings.net. Mm-hmm.